Welcome to the Encouraged MomCast, where our goal is to encourage moms in their vocation by seeking the Lord's heart, using testimonies from moms experiencing transformation, spiritual advice, and tips on how to minister to your family from the heart of the Father. We want to challenge you to go deeper in your relationship with God so that you can love and thrive in the supernatural lifestyle that is Christian motherhood. Join us every other week to dive into discerning where God is leading you to a more encouraged life. to this inaugural episode of the Encouraged Mom Cast. Today, I just wanted to bring in some of these foundational biblical pillars of an encouraged life. I think there are some key principles that apply always to Christian life that explicitly also apply to motherhood in a unique sense. So I just want to dive into that today. It's what we're going to talk about, these four pillars of an encouraged life. I'm so grateful you're here if you're checking in and tuning in as this episode is premiering. We have lots of beautiful stuff for you, and I would love for you to give us feedback on this content so that we can continue to create and strive to minister to your hearts more for the Lord. So let's dive in, shall we? I just want to start with the caveat that motherhood comes with trials. We are not here for a perfected experience on this earth. We are here to grow in sanctification, to grow in peace and love and joy in the fruits of the Spirit, and to become more like the image of God that we're created to be. The existence on this earth is not about our pleasure, but it's about our growth towards Christ. The culture has been telling us for some time now that we need to be focused on ourselves. We need to be selfish, not selfless. Um, The culture promotes this idea of being a self-savior, some people like to call it, where we look to ourselves for answers or to random things around us for answers. And the culture says, if it doesn't serve you, it doesn't matter. All of these mentalities have trickled into motherhood, and it's not only affecting moms, it's affecting our kids, it's affecting our spouses, and by extension, future generations, because we are creating these declarations about motherhood and what it should be over ourselves that are false and are not what God calls us to biblically. And when we project that onto ourselves and it then takes root in future generations because those declarations have power. So we have to watch these things that the culture is slipping in that are not thinking from a heavenly perspective and are not thinking from God's heart, but as human beings do. And I think Romans 12, 12 really just pulls it in really nicely, saying, do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. These keys are so important. This sanctification, this journey we're on to heaven is about discernment. This discernment, okay, am I allowing the Lord to transform my mind into new places, into new spaces? Am I really allowing myself, even in this human experience that is motherhood, to be seated in heavenly places with the Lord, to think with his mind, to not think from the falsed place of human beings, Are we allowing ourselves to really jump into this experience 
of discerning the will of God, of what is good, what is pleasing, what is perfect, even if it does not feel great in the moment. I remember specifically a time when my oldest was just freshly into this world and I was exhausted. We had been up several times throughout the night. He was having a hard time throughout the day. And I was just at the end of my rope and I was changing his diaper and the Lord, I'm pleading with the Lord. I'm going, Lord, I don't have any more left to get. And like, I'm struggling. And he goes, no, he just impressed upon me this need to rely upon him because he said, you're not done giving yet. And I know that he did that not to make it hard for me or to ruin my life or to do anything like that. On the contrary, he did it to sanctify me and to show me that when I step outside the humanity in me and I step into total reliance upon him, anything is possible. These things are what transform our life, this constant renewal, this constant seeking of God's will, this constant attempt to become closer in relationship with him is what changes family life, which is the bedrock of society. Mamas, your domestic church is the root of the church. Here in Christianity, it starts in the home. How you love, how you serve, how you grow with the Lord, and the example you set for your children means more than you will ever, ever realize. And it is the way that we build back the church to what God has called it to be. So with that basis set, we're going to talk about when we turn our faith, turn to our faith to find these resources for this demanding job, we find the fruits that God wants to offer us as well as joy in every step of the way, in every season. And I can tell you from personal testimony, it's true. As I'm recording this, as I speak this to you, my five-month-old son is asleep on my chest. I have complete joy knowing that I can still speak to you here and still get snuggles with my baby. And that is something that I'm beyond grateful for, that the Lord has just made this space for us to be here together. These four pillars are not, not just pillars. They're extremely personal because they're sourced in a personal relationship with God. I'm going to cover the basis of each of them, and I'm going to give you some actionable steps to grow in each one. And to set it up, we're going to start with Romans 8.11. If the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the one who raised Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. I was just really captured by this and the Lord was impressing this verse upon my heart because I feel like we forget that we have the spirit that raised Jesus Christ within us. And on top of that, that spirit gives life to our bodies through the spirit. And through that spirit, we have all the access to these heavenly gifts all the things that the Lord has given us to do this job called motherhood. Motherhood is not a demeaning reality. It is not this exhausting experience meant to degrade you, to make you feel like your free time has been robbed, your to-do list has been robbed of, your body has been robbed of. That is a lie of the enemy that we've chosen to empower. Instead, motherhood is meant to sanctify you and to help you grow. And more importantly, it is a huge window to heaven to see how the creator creates each child, and to experience his love for you and your babies in every moment of the day. So I want you to take that verse in. The spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. So just taking that reality, 
sink in with it. Ask the Lord to speak to your heart through that verse as we go into these pillars. And the first one is prayer. The second one is relationship. The third one is sacrifice. And the fourth is stewardship. So prayer is conversation. And I think that this first pillar of prayer is so important. And I'm not talking about prayer that's just reading scripture, prayer that is just reciting prayers you've learned. I'm talking about prayer that is legitimate conversation with God. Those things are prayer and they are good. I'm not trying to demean them, but it is most important that you are actually having conversation with God. For example, if your morning is going wrong, the toddler is struggling, I find myself going like, okay, Lord, I don't understand what's going on here and I'm struggling. I'm going to need you to fill me right now because I'm going to react in a very human way and it's just going to make the day worse. I don't know what lesson you're trying to reveal to me, but I'm just going to trust you in this and I'm going to ask you to take this burden and work through me, through to my child. I often find that most of these trials are to inflict a stronger sense of humility and obedience upon me, or to even convict me that perhaps I discerned wrong in what I feel like the Lord is asking me to do. So I also believe that prayer fills silences and it gives us someone to turn to and it prevents loneliness. We as moms can feel so isolated in our houses, especially when our kids are too young to talk to, to actually carry conversation. I think we often seek outside conversation, texting, calling throughout the day, and it turns our attention completely away from our children. I'm not saying by any means as a disclaimer that you can't talk on the phone during the day. I'm simply saying that when we use it in excess, it becomes a means of escape for our vocation instead of a tool to help bring families closer and to even expose our children to social outings and new people and their extended families that allows us to ask him for anything. Matthew 7, 7 through 11 talks about that. Those who ask shall receive, those who seek will find, those who knock, the door will be opened. It talks about the following verses talk about even if we are wicked people who are wicked parents, how much more is God going to give as a good, good father to those he loves and to those who love him? And I think that goes back to this whole prayer thing where we could actually do things like sitting down, the toddler is screaming himself to sleep, the baby is crying, and you just go, Lord, what's on your heart for my child right now? Why is this happening? And he goes, oh, well, he's just upset. Oh, he's sick. Oh, she's not feeling well. She didn't get enough attention from you this morning, and now she's struggling. The Lord is going to be honest with you in a gentle way that convicts you to grow in your motherhood. And I think we need to shift our minds to actually accessing this information from the one who sees all, knows all, and created all. This is not something that we just pick up and do. It is a continual experience that we have with him, and it's going to change. There might be times he speaks through scripture, through music, where he convicts you through this feeling. You hear his voice, you see an image. He's going to speak in whatever way is personal to you. And he wants this as an experiential element to our motherhood. It's not just about, okay, I've said my prayers, check. I got down on my knees when I rolled out of bed. I'm good. No, he wants continual conversation throughout the day. And he is such a gentleman that he will continue to wait for you to say, okay, God, I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. So as we transition into the next one, which is relationship, I kind of touched on that already. 
I thought Matthew 6.31 also really nailed this point. So do not worry and say, what are we to eat or what are we to drink or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly father knows you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all these things will be given to you besides. Prayer is good. Talking to God is good. The next step is expecting him to act. Matthew is very clear here when he says, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear. God is going to provide it. We have to rest in this total dependency on God and we have to begin the growth towards opening our mind to receiving things the way the Lord wants to give them because it doesn't always look like what we're going to expect. Next is relationship kind of feeds into prayer, kind of feeds into Matthew 6.31. We need to actively be in relationship, not only with God, but with our household. Our children feed off how our marriages are and what family dynamics are. They are not idle. They say that children's brains are growing so rapidly and they're soaking in the most information from ages zero to five. Those are foundational. We might look at a child and go, oh, they don't know how to talk yet. They don't know how to move yet. They don't know how to rationalize yet. But the reality is they are still watching you. That's why your toddler is probably likely the most frustrating phase for you because they are mimicking you to a T most of the time. And often we get to see our bad habits put out right in front of our face. Don't stand on the chair. Oh, well, I stand on the chair because I'm short and I can't reach stuff. What is an example of maybe a double standard we've set? They're watching that. They're experiencing that. They don't understand the nuances of we have better balance than they do. We're older than they are. They don't get that. They just see mommy doing that thing, so they do that thing. That's why they mimic talking on the phone, driving their scooters. You just see that the fall in Genesis brings about this existence of labor, of struggle, because we chose to work for our relationship with God instead of working from our relationship with God. When we fell in the garden, we empowered a lie from the devil that we could not trust God. The devil didn't walk in and take over. He couldn't. He had no dominion there. Instead, he tricked us into believing we couldn't trust that God was after our own good and that he is the one who provides all. When we stopped and we chose not to trust him, we chose a reality that, oh, well, we can just do this ourselves. Now we see where we have to learn to sacrifice and where we have to learn to grow in that humility. Motherhood is sanctification by its very nature. We sacrifice by sharing our bodies when we give birth, when we nourish our babies, and when we form our children. Um, we see that in how we don't get to go out and we don't get to go out anymore and get drinks as often. We have to find babysitting. We have to be very intentional about our time because we have children who the Lord has blessed us with to form for the kingdom. It may also seem like we're just constantly giving. We're constantly in that labor from Genesis, so to speak. But when we allow ourselves to see the work that God is doing within us, we not only understand that we're giving to empower others, but he's also going to fill us back up. And we just have to be conscious that we have to let him fill us back up through scripture, through praise, through worship, 
And even just saying, Lord, my tank feels really low right now. Why don't you hit me with some of that grace? Could you fill me up a little bit, Lord? Give me more of these gifts so that I can give more to others. Because that is how we're going to expand our bandwidth and our ability to sacrifice. I'm always greatly impacted when they drop the paralytic through the roof for the Lord to heal him. He's ministering to a completely different crowd. And he has this complete compassion even after he's been interrupted. That is a sacrifice he has to turn from one place he's looking to another to minister. And obviously healing the paralytic built up faith in the other people he was ministering to for the kingdom, but he still sacrificed. He still had to choose one or the other. All these times that people found him, even though he was trying to sneak off and pray to his heavenly father, he approached it with compassion in his sacrifice. And that is the same kind of compassion we are to emulate as mothers. In this sanctification process, we experience more moments like this where, oh no, we're doing the dishes and a child spills and makes a mess. Are we going to turn and say, you spilled, what are you doing? I'm trying to get this done. Do we flip out? Or do we simply go, oh no, you spilled. Looks like a good opportunity to learn how to clean up a mess. And you pause what you're doing and you experience this learning lesson with the child with great compassion and great understanding. And then you go back to what you're doing when there's time. The Lord would not give you experiences that you cannot handle. And he allows these interruptions, even if they don't seem convenient, to spark in us a change, a transformation, a renewal of the mind, to see where he's working to grow our child. And he wants to work through us to speak to that child or to speak to that friend or that family member. It doesn't, or that stranger you see in the store, he's not limited to where he can work in this way, but we have to be open to this idea that when we truly relinquish our lives to God, we begin to allow him to form our schedule around his timing and not ours. And honestly, it's very, very humbling to experience that. And I say that as someone who is very type A and wants to just go, 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 who has her list. And the Lord is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, you have an appointment at one and we honor that. We're going to make space for that. You have this event in the morning, but I need you to focus on your kids today. I want you to do this podcast today. Hmm, Today's the day I inspire you to write this blog post. And he wants to be in control of that because he has the master calendar up there. He's the one who sees everything in its time and he's also not confined by it so that he can give us the best opportunities to minister and bring about the kingdom that he asks us to participate in with him. Lastly, but not leastly, stewardship. We're called to be stewards of what we're given. I'll point you back to Genesis from our last point where he gives us dominion and asks us to be fertile, to multiply, to steward the earth through our dominion over it. And I think that we get locked up in this idea that, you know, we're stuck at home. We can't do anything. We're only here for our kids and we have to play with the toddlers and 15 minutes feels like three hours. And by 10 o'clock, you're like, I don't even know what to do with myself anymore. I'm really tired of playing blocks. But the Lord has left room for us to still experience this stewardship, this giving of ourselves, not just, just to our kids, even though our kids and our husbands come first, but also to the community. 
I was taught recently about divine appointments where you can just ask the Lord, hey, Lord, I, I just need some divine appointments. And he just makes them happen. You never know who's going to walk through your door and need ministered to as you're playing with your kids. And it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. It's almost as if we learned, like we learned in ministry school, you leak. You're in this constant state of like you're leaking out your gifts as you evangelize, as you treat your children with compassion, as you love your husband and you help support him in his mission. All of these principles are us leaking out the gifts of the spirit, the fruits of the spirit. And all we need to remember to do is to ask for an indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the places that we lack God and in the places that we've felt like we've kept leaking back to this principle of being refilled by the Holy Spirit. Like those waiting for the bridegroom, there were 10 wise ones who had lamps with oil and they had extra oil and there were 10 who did not. And those 10 did not get to enter into the party, into the wedding feast because they lacked oil in their lamps. The Lord doesn't want us to be without. That is a lie that we live in, that he wants us to be without something. So we just need to go back to that abundance he has for us and ask him, Lord, fill my lamp with oil. I need it right now. And becoming an example like this, pursuing that bears the fruits of the spirit even more. So this is where you're asking to be expanded and to grow and to experience it so that you leak out the fruits of the spirit to your children, to your husband, to your sphere of influence, to the, to the community. And it's so powerful to have that. So our four pillars here are prayer, relationship, sacrifice and stewardship. When we pursue these things, the Lord opens doors for us to experience more encouragement. At face value, they sound difficult. At face value, they sound like they're not really going to serve you in motherhood. It sounds like more work. But in the reality, it's not only just pillars of Christian life that we experience, but the Lord has left little windows in there for us to experience this heavenly perspective as we bless our children with those fruits as we love our husbands more closely and as we reach out in our community to be better disciples of Christ. And for each one of us, that's going to look a little different. He always calls us to something unique because he made us unique and in his image. And these principles allow us to define it in the sphere of motherhood and to help us grow and become the people that he is calling us to be. I hope that the Lord, or I pray and I just declare that the Lord opens your heart to receive everything from this podcast that he wants to pour out on you, everything that resonates. And I just pray that the Lord show you the next right step. Don't be overwhelmed by all the nuances of these. Always, You can always come back to this podcast and the Lord will reveal something new to you because you're all going to be at different places. I'm at a different place than you are. You may be way far ahead of me at this moment, but the Lord wants to draw you back in and experience his heart for everything that he has for your motherhood, because it is an encouraged motherhood. It's an empowered motherhood, and it is a motherhood that will turn the tide of society and help the church grow and flourish. And that is powerful. You have one of the most amazing jobs in the world that you not only get to co-create with God, but you get to watch those little creations experience the world around them. I was just marveled the other day by the fact that my body somehow knew the complete blueprint of another human being. Like there's no way there's not a divine hand in that. I was just in awe of this little child who has a nervous system, a brain and all this 
all this stuff that my body didn't, my body knew that I didn't, that it created in an order that I didn't. And it's all because of the Lord in his kindness. I hope that something strikes you from this podcast. I hope that you experience the Lord through it and that he speaks to your heart. I just pray and declare that there's an opening for the Lord to enter into and that in the perfect gentleman he is, that he might bring you to a deeper relationship with him and you might encounter him in his word and in his in these principles to guide you to a more encouraged life. So please follow this podcast if you have not already. Give it a five-star rating and a review if you love what we're doing. If it, if it resonates with you, I ask that you check it out wherever you listen to podcasts and check out the question for this episode on Spotify. I would love if you would email me any testimonies that you have to Jillian, J-I-L-L-I-A-N, at theencouragedmom.com. Discern if you're being called to share this episode with someone who has been highlighted to you, who you think might need one of these principles, or whoever the Lord lays on your heart. I pray that you have a blessed day, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Encouraged Momcast. If everything we're doing resonates with you or even just one thing, we would love for you to check out more of what we're doing at www.theencouragedmom.com or you can follow me on Instagram at jillogic, J-I-L-L-O-G-I-C underscore. And be sure to follow the Encouraged Momcast on Instagram as well. And we will see you next time.